So if you're listening to this episode, you are definitely wanting to climb higher in your life, whether it's in your faith, your health and fitness, or your overall life. Am I right? I want you to start prayerfully considering joining our brand new Addicted to the Climb membership experience. This is a membership portal filled with lots of modules from faith and Bible studies to health and fitness to business strategy, time management, and so much more. I am all about delivering you value so you can live the life God intended you to. I'll be hanging out with you as well as the community of like-minded faith-fueled women twice a month, and we will have faith talks, Bible studies, coaching on new ways that we can grow in our relationships, health, business, and more. There is so much opportunity here for expansion in your life, and God wants to bless you. And I believe together, we always rise higher. And because doing life alone It's really not the way God intended for us to be. That is exactly why I started this Addicted to the Climb movement. I believe in having support in a go-to community of women that are just constantly showing up for themselves and not waiting around anymore. Our time is now, you guys. Plus, once you're in, I have some amazing bonuses that I know you're going to love. So if you have been looking for a faith-fueled community, this is the spot for you. We're opening the doors in March. So if you want to get on that wait list, make sure you check out the link in the show notes. Add your name there so you can get all the details plus the early bird pricing, which will blow you away. I'm so excited to do this for you guys. So go ahead and pray about it, but don't forget Stop right now, go to the show notes, add your name on the wait list so you don't miss a thing. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Welcome to Addicted to the Climb. I am your host, Kelly Tyen. As a faith-fueled health and transformation coach, author, and breast cancer survivor, my mission is to provide you with the wisdom, the tools, and all the success tips that I've learned along my own journey in health, fitness, faith, and personal development. Plus, you'll hear some incredible and inspiring conversations that will motivate you and empower you to keep on climbing no matter what you're going through. Let's buckle up to start a brand new climb together and start showing up differently as we work our way to the top. Right now, this is your time to take in all the positivity and all the blessings that God has for you. So let's get started. Hey, we're back with another episode of Addicted to the Climb. I, You know, I just want to thank you all for tuning in today and always. And if you're new to me, I just want to encourage you to keep on climbing. And go back and listen to those episodes that are just going to help you along your journey. Thank you again for being here. I'm super excited about today and my new friend that I'm bringing on. But I want to remind you guys that do not forget to check the link in the the show notes. Mm -hmm. My gosh, see, when you're recording um, live, you just (laughs) make a mistake, you make a mistake in the show notes. 
because my new membership program that's monthly is starting. And I don't want you to miss out on that. It's going to be an amazing community. If you're a lacking community, you need to get with the right people so you can climb higher. This is going to be your go-to place. So check the show notes. There's a link there with all the info. And now let's jump into today. I brought on a new friend of mine that I met on LinkedIn. You guys know I talk about LinkedIn now because I love that platform. Just meeting so many people. If you're not over there, it's a way to meet new people. Maybe step out of your comfort zone the way I did because I wasn't on LinkedIn for many years. And now it's opened more opportunities than I can count. So I met my friend, Sarah Schulting-Kranz on LinkedIn, and she's just an amazing person. We're very aligned, and I wanted to bring her on the show. I was on her show as well, but we really believe in the same things in life. It's all about the climb. We can't go backwards. So before I have her jump in, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Sarah is a sought-after teacher, retreat organizer, and keynote speaker who shares her real-life experiences of overcoming setbacks and transforming difficult situations into our greatest strengths through her own foolproof and simple techniques, which she'll dive into with us. She teaches actionable steps on how to become more resilient and how to use resiliency as a foundation for living authentically. Sarah says, your experiences don't own you. You own your experiences. Yes, sir, to that. Yes. Well, Sarah, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on. It's uh, my pleasure. I actually just climbed a mountain two nights ago, so there you go. <laughs> okay, so Amazing. I had to bring you on. I'm so excited because you guys, Sarah and I had a big conversation on her podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I told her secretly that I'm really not an outdoorsy person, and I like to be inside. I'm more of a homebody, so she's very intriguing to me, and I'm really trying to do new things in my life because we need to do that, right? We need to step out of comfort zones, so what she just said, I'm in awe. Let's just jump, start right there. What do you mean you ju- climbed a mountain? The- well, so I had a really productive morning with my team. And so I said, you know, the sunsets here in Southern California have been pretty epic. Um, just so everybody knows, I'm I'm 49, right? Like I'm, I, this is, this is not, this has not been a lifelong thing. I started doing this really about nine, 10 years ago, where I really started stepping out of my own comfort zone. So I'm sitting here looking at you like girlfriends, you stated it. You just put it out to the universe. You're going to have some epic climbs, by the way. You already are, you already are right? But they're just a different kind of climb. Yes. Uh, so I grabbed my pack and I uh, said, you know what? Let's go, let's go climb a peak. Let's go watch the sunset on the top. And I will tell you, Kelly, it was the most, you know, I'm all, I'm not about the destination. I'm not about the journey. I'm about the moments within the journey. And so when we can have those moments, when we can really dive in and be present in those moments, that's where we have awe, we have wonder, and that's where we feel alive. And my whole thing is I am going to be here for as long as God gives me, and I want to feel alive every step of the way. And so we climbed up the mountain. We watched the sunset on the top. It was epic. The most beautiful 45 minutes of watching the sunset. Um, I will tell you that I was pushed out of my comfort zone because 
there have been, unfortunately, quite a few on this particular mountain, uh, quite a few um, rescues over the last uh, several weeks because of the snow. That said, also, I think that I do know, not even think, I know that we have the ability to really dive into our challenges, learn what we are capable mm -hmm. of, use all of that learning to move forward in whatever it is in life, if it's business, personal, family, whatever, right, career. And so as we were climbing up and it was windy, oh my gosh, was it windy. And the sun's starting to set, you can start to see the stars coming out and we're like, okay, we're barely going to make it in time, but we, you know, and we are going to make it. I was with one other person and uh, sometimes I'm not, sometimes I've climbed the mountains in the middle of the night by myself. I like doing that. Ooh. I also feel prepared enough for it. This particular day though, um, I would not have done that by myself. There's no way because you're going through snow, you're going through, you know, wind it, as we get, as it gets colder, it starts to ice over a little bit on the top. So my nerves were pushed. I will say fear, you know, I look at fear and excitement in the body as very much the same thing. And it's about pushing through those fears in order to achieve what we want and are capable of in life. And so for me, it was more of uh, really being able to sit with is what is this that's coming up for me? Is it a red flag? Is it a, is it a fear? Is it a, is it even worthy of looking at? Is it just nerves? Is, is it me like pushing my boundaries and breaking through those barriers? And then stating like to this person I was with, look, you know, I'm feeling this way right now. Where, where are you at? Like, where can we, like, are you feeling the same way? And uh, this person was like, nope, I, we're good. We got this. And so allowing myself to also state where I'm at, this is huge in life. Where are you? Where can you move forward? Where are we at with our own setbacks, traumas, challenges? Where are we being, where are we being challenged to move through our own challenges, right? And I'll tell you, watching 45 minutes of the most incredible God-given gift coming off that mountain when the sun was literally on fire. I posted a picture of it yesterday um, because my whole thing is also work-life balance. It's, I'm a mom, a single mom to three kids. I am busy. My kids keep me busy. Uh, and I think what's most important is taking that time for ourselves to also feed what is important for our own heart and soul first, because you cannot do that for others unless you are fully, fully showing up as who you are in this moment. So that's oh. a lot in one, in one, in one take. And but it's amazing. I, I, I'm so interested in the, the reason why I want to start something like that. I mean, I don't know how high I will go or whatever. I've never done <laughs> You'll be surprised. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and, you know, it's funny because I'm the fitness girl. I can box jump and do all this other stuff, but I don't know. I've, I've just, like I said, I'm not an outdoorsy climbing mountains kind of girl. And now things are just changing as I'm getting older and things I want to see and do. And what you just said, seeing the gift of God, that sunset, that's what I want to see. So if I have to climb the mountain, I want to sit in the quietness, in the stillness, and just take in all the glory of God at the on the mountaintop. And that's what excites me about it. That's why I'm eager to really jump in. I'll take you. You know, I told I you this. Know, I'm you very... just show up. You just show up. So just... there's a couple, there's a few things that you said. Do you mind if I like, can I just like dive no, in before I might? So, you know, it's interesting when I, people ask me, what do you, what do you, what goes through you when you're up there? First of all, I, I was not this health and fitness person. Like I literally, 
people that know me today, I am not the person that I was 10 years ago. I was the one, I was underweight, severely underweight, experiencing PTSD trauma. I was eating one apple a day, forced myself, like literally had to force myself to eat an apple a day. I remember driving down the road thinking I could smash my car into the side of the 405 because of the traumas I was living in. And I also need to eat an apple today. Let's see if we can do that. Like it was the small goals, those small things that I needed to take in order to move forward. Um, and, you know, I was drinking wine at night, not like over consuming, nothing like that. But there were nights where I was like, I just want this to go away. I just want all of this to go away. And I don't know what to do because I feel so alone in my trauma and in the pain. And what I did was what I had learned to do back when I was 17. I had experienced traumas back then. It was go back to what you know. When we say that we're not that nature girl, actually we are. We are animals. We are not meant to be in four walls. What we do though, is we make this, we create this story that that's where we're supposed to go. I'm supposed to go. And I'm not saying sitting on the couch and talking to a therapist isn't helpful. That's not what I'm saying at all. What mm -hmm. I am saying though, is we have to get out of the story that has been uh, created for us, right? Like so many people think it's to us. I believe it's for us. We have to get out of the story and experience new alive moments in the present so that we can understand that we are not our challenges, our setbacks and traumas. We are, we are whole human, creative, resourceful human beings. Like that's what we are as, as like, that's why we were put here. And so being able to grab my paddleboard, go sit on the ocean, experience whales and dolphins, which, okay. Saturday, I'm sitting on my board, grabbed my board, went out on, I think it was Saturday and literally had, I call it the 405. I live in outside of LA. I live in Hermosa Beach. The 405 is what runs through. Everybody knows that horrible yeah. interstate. <laughs> and I, I the, four, the 405, it was the 405 of dolphins, hundreds of dolphins under my board, literally came through like it was the freeway, went out to sea, came back, went into the Harbor area, came back three times I sat on my board and watched this. And I'm just like, you know, life does not suck. Life is really amazing. Yeah, it is. And that's what it teaches us. Like getting out of that space. This is what it teaches us. It it's does. those alive moments that actually allow us to reframe the story that we've held on to. Mm. And, you know, I think that for me in my journey, that's, what's been so important. And that's why I do the work that I do today is because- well, Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. Jump it's in. Free. Like you've built a business around this. I've built a business, built a business around that's a successful business, mind you. Like that's what's even more funny to this. It's not even like, that's oh, right. this is going to be my side hobby. It's literally become a business. And so, oh my which is so fun. I mean, you know, and I think that not even, I, I know that when we can go back to our heart and our soul and we allow that to guide us, that's our true North. It's not, it's not even our head. Like we talk mindset so much, right? Like get over it, compartmentalize it, put it on a shelf. You, every single person listening to this has a gift, show up with your gifts and be led by those because that's what this world needs, right? Like that's what I never intended to do this, by the way, this was not I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go and start guiding people into the Grand Canyon through healing and transforming life-changing retreats. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go take people into Alaska. Oh, now I'm going to, I'm doing a, re a retreat with Michelle Mace Kiron, uh, 
which is going to be super cool, guiding leaders and teaching leadership um, down the Green River in Utah. I'm like, that wasn't that wasn't my intention. It wasn't even to create anything like this, to do a TED talk, to write the book, nothing. My intention was simply one pebble at a time, like one little pebble into the water at a time, just start helping one person at a time. Watch the ripples go and see what happens. And you know, I think that when you do that, when you create from that space, the possibilities are endless. They the are. possibilities are endless. But I want you to tell us, so since you did build a business around this and what you're doing, you said that you never expected it. So how did it start? And how did you say, well, I'm going to start a business now? Tell us a little bit about that, because this is where people need to know that anything's possible. Like if you, if you love doing something, you are gifted in that. If that's what you love, it fires you up. Just because nobody else is doing it doesn't mean it can't be okay. done. Hold on. Because nobody else is doing it is why you should go do it. Okay. Exactly. There yes. is nobody else doing it. If, if it's calling to you, it's calling to others. Right. And so if you're somebody though, has to stand up and say, I want to do this and I'm going to be that person. And, you know, really what happened was I was sitting on my paddleboard again, this is where I go to what, you know, that's where you have to have that inspiration, right? Go to what you know. So for me, it was the ocean and it was out into the mountains. And I grabbed my paddleboard one day. I was sitting on it with one of my friends, my guy friends. And he said, Sarah, and I told him, I said, I feel like I'm not doing enough. And I felt that way for quite a while. So I used to be a teacher, gave up my career to come to California, be with my husband, my former husband now, and really support him. And so I'd given everything up. I couldn't teach because I didn't have a certificate, you know, didn't want to go back to school, raised three kids. And I remember sitting on a bed with one of my best girlfriends that's talking about the community thing, sitting on a bed in, uh, in Denver, Colorado with one of my best girlfriends, Stephanie. And I said, I feel like I'm not doing enough in this world. My life has purpose and I don't know what it is. And I was frustrated. And the more frustration that I had around it, the more I was also constricting. And so she was saying to me, well, why don't you start a blog? Like, why don't you start talking about these fun things that you do? I'm like, great. Okay. But what am I going to do with that? Right? Like, what am I going to do? So this was a year or two before my life literally imploded. Like I had found out that my husband had been betraying me for 14 of 17 years. It was horrific. Like I had, I was in, I ended up in some of the worst trauma and PTSD, relational betrayal trauma and, and complex, like it brought up traumas from my past. Right. And so it was through that experience of working through it that I realized I actually had one person, this is the awareness of listening to people. I had one person say to me, something that you're doing is different than what other people are doing or telling people to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, I sat with that. And I was like, well, what am I doing that's so different than everybody else is doing? And I realized I was going into nature. I wasn't sitting in my story and the four walls. I was literally taking what I had learned throughout my life. And I was using what I knew to transform my pain into what became my purpose. And so she said to me, you got to do something with this. You got to do something. And so when I was sitting on my paddleboard that day with my friend and he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I, I, I want to, and it was really hard for me to even say, Kelly, like literally, I remember being there like, this sounds so stupid. I go, but I want to take people into the wilderness. I want to take people into nature and experience 
this awe of life and of living. And I'll never forget him turning to me and said, we'll go do it. And I said, well, I don't know how. And he goes, figure it out. That's all he said, figure it out. You have, you can figure out what you've done up until this point. You can figure this out. This is simply logistics, like just figure it out. And so I was 42, 43 at the time. I went back to school, got my teacher certification or not teacher, my coaching certification. And then I called the Grand Canyon, I picked up the phone and called the Grand Canyon. And I said, what do I have to do to bring people here? And I have this idea and I don't know if it's even going to work, but I want to bring people to the Grand Canyon and use the space for them to heal. And I had God put me in touch with the perfect girl who said, this is what you're going to do. Go back and get your certification to, you know, be a CUA. You have to go and get your wilderness first responder certification so I can save people in the wild. And then you get your commercial use authorization at the Grand Canyon. And then I just threw it out into the universe and said, all right, whoever this is meant for is going to show up. And my first retreat was so powerful. I It cost me money, by the way. Like, I think I made like $100 off of it. But that wasn't the point. The point was I wanted to throw it out there and see it was a test and see who is, can this work? And what would it look like from that space? So it was, it was a test. Like, how do I want to transform it to work for other people that also need it? So my first retreat looks nothing like what I do today. I mean, there's similarities. There's a common thread, of course, um, but I really, re- I worked it to actually accommodate what was being needed in the world. And so my whole, and now, by the way, when I first started doing these, I will never forget. I had people at the bottom of the Grand Canyon saying to me, what is this? Can I swear on this? Do you care? <laughs> Go. I'm not bleeping it out. So, okay. So they would say to me, what is this voodoo shit that you do? That's what they called it. They literally would say, what is this voodoo shit that you're doing? People say that to me too, Sarah, about- Oh, my- I'm sure. So I'm sure. Me. They say, and oh, is it the voodoo? <laughs> no. Is it the voodoo shit? And mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, is I realized when people started, when people started questioning me, that's when I went, oh, I'm onto something. Because yes. if you're questioning me, right? giddy up. Because it's I know fun. that I have something that nobody else does. So I want to ask you, what does it, you, you, you know, you said about the group you took, like a pilot, you just wanted to try it out, see if it works. What, what are you hoping though, that somebody experiences? Is it a breakthrough? Is it, you know, how do you take them through that process? I kind of want to jump into that a little deeper. What happens walking with these people? Is it um, some a framework you do along the walk? Like I'm trying to relate it to how I coach indoors. And so tell us a little bit, get a little deeper on that part of it, the process. Absolutely. You know, so I, first of all, I think that my, the way that I coach is taking people to just right at that edge and then giving them that space to take themselves post and take that step over. Right getting them outside of their own comfort zone, right to the edge of it. And then getting them to that next step where they're like, well, what is this? Because what I always say is when you start to feel, taste, embody that feeling of, well, what is this? This feels different yet good. You want more of it. And that's how we can stretch that comfort zone and get them to experience more of what they're capable of. Now, when I'm coaching, we do coaching prior to, and we do coaching post. 
the intensive, that time in the canyon or Alaska, the Green River, wherever I take people. And by the way, I'm really picky where I take people. If I'm not going to have that connection with my own self, and if I, if I have not felt transformation in that space, it would be a, it would be horrible. Like it would it wouldn't do them any good. It would be a disservice to take people there. And so I only take people where I have felt that connection myself, where I've healed, grown, and found my own transformation. So we do a month and a half of really deep coaching, and I call it like getting them ready, prepared physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, okay. Okay. right? And then when they show up, they're ready to go. It's not like an REI where it's like, let's just go hike through the, you know, no, I am not that way at all. Okay. There's everything a from sensing setting. There's a whole process. Yeah. Whole process. And the other thing is when you're coaching, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think that we forget that every human is different. So you can't, it's like, it's like, when people say, well, did you, did you parent every child the same? I hope not because every child is different. And I learned that when I was teaching in a classroom, when I was teaching art, no child created the same. So how the heck could I give them a framework that they're all going to just create the same themselves? So I have, a, yes, I have a framework. My framework goes from what it is to be a victim. How do we step into being a survivor? And then how do we use what all we've learned to thrive in life? So I have a framework, but I teach coach to what my clients need. I don't coach to what I want them to actually, like that's not, that doesn't work that way. You have to coach and guide and lead to what it is that they're bringing forward at that moment. I wanna ask you a question about, just for a minute, if there's somebody listening right now that is in the middle of something, feeling like a victim, I would just love to pause for a minute so you can kind of, what steps do these, would they need to take to start healing or mm -hmm. stopping the feelings of feeling like a victim, because I know you talk about being resilient all yeah. the time yeah. and it's so, you know, it's hard. It's hard to be resilient when you're in the thick of things and you don't want to get out of bed or you are the victim in the relationship or whatever happened to you. But can you give us a little bit of, so a little hope for somebody that might be in that circumstance right now? Oh, yes. Uh, so there were two things that were really important for me, which was number one, getting outside and just taking a breath. The breath is so important, right? It's sim it's so simple. It's so, so simple. It's so simple. And that, and we overcomplicate everything. I think so. We, we as humans just overcomplicate everything. Yes, and we, we do. look, well, here's the thing. The other thing, like we look at the bottom, we are standing in the bottom of the mountain and we're looking at the summit and we're like, how I can't, we, we turn around before we ever give ourselves the chance. Oh, because yeah. we think I can't do that. The thing is though, is, you know, this goes back to, it's not about the destination. It's not about the, it's not about the summit. Am I addicted to the climb? <sighs> yes, I am. I'm addicted to the moments within the climb though. Like that's my addiction. Mm -hmm. And so, which is beautiful. Cause that's what the aliveness is. When we're feeling like we're a victim, we feel like there is no hope. And we feel like, how am I supposed to like, how, how am I supposed to do this? And it literally is getting back to the steps, getting back to the breath, getting back to your community, finding people that have been there, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, even in the, it's not about being vulnerable with like throwing the whole story out there. It's simply saying at that moment, I need help mm. and being okay with those words of, I need help. Can you help me? Or reaching out, just asking somebody to guide you. 
it, I felt that way. I mean, I remember when everything happened and I just sat down at the beach crying right on the beach, literally at midnight going, no one knows what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was the most lost woman and that there was no hope to any of this. So for those people that are listening to this, and if you are at that space, I get it. I have been there. I mean, I, and I kid you not, Kelly, I really did think about, can I take my car and just slam it? Because this Mm -hmm. is too much. It's all too much. Mm -hmm. It's all too much. There's a story where, um, that I do share when I'm on my retreats and it's, it's, I'm going to get this a little bit, you know, there's a story about this native American, this, uh, elder, and he's sitting there talking to his, uh, to his grandson his grandson says, um, the, the elder is saying to his grandson, within each and every one of us, there's a fight. There's a light and a dark, a dark wolf and a light wolf. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly fighting within themselves. And the, uh, the grandson asks, well, which one wins? And he said, the one that you feed. And so it's important when you are in that space of feeling loss, feeling hopeless, feeling so sad and so much pain, find that one little glimmer of light. And that one little glimmer of light is the fact that you're taking that breath right now. Mm. And then you keep taking another breath and then you keep taking another breath. And then you go outside and watch the clouds and you go outside and lay on the grass. And those, those are the moments where we feel alive. Right. And it's, it's hard. I get it. I get it. It You said, you said two things that just really, um, first of all, community, if you can just get around people, because I even know when I lost my mom and was going through grief and it was awful. And I was just rock bottom to say the least. I couldn't, I was trying to peel myself up, but what I did wrong. And I admit this, cause you know, you look back and say, Oh, I stayed down for too long yeah. without people. I didn't ask for help. I didn't want to call people. I was getting very comfortable in my misery, to be honest. And I know somebody out there can relate to that. You know, sometimes we oh, get yeah. real comfortable in the bad. We get real comfortable in the pity party. And that's what makes us stay there. It's hard to climb out. No one ever said it was easy, but community can, not community, you know, go, I'm talking about reach out to someone. Right. And it's relationships that can say, you know what, I'm just struggling right now. And so that's a big one for me. Whenever people talk about community, because it was new to me, I didn't do that. I never reached out. And until I started doing that and putting myself in rooms, even in business now, in all areas, things happen so much faster. Your healing can can have healing faster. Your business can go faster. Opportunity, you know, so that's a big one. And then I love how you said about the wolves, the two wolves, Mm -hmm. because the answer was who, which one are you feeding? Which one are you feeding? And I love that because I always say, starve your fears and yes. feed faith. It's yes. the same thing. Whatever you're feeding is going to grow. So you have to, you know, whether you're a believer or not, I mean, my show is faith-based. I have a lot of believers and Christians on here, but if you're not and you're feeling alone, maybe it's tra- time to lean on faith and see where that can take you instead of leaning on fear. Right. I mean, it all ties together. I love that, but it it totally does. It all ties together. And I, and I, 
when you work on yourself, I mean, I've taken HR execs down there. I've taken business owners, CEOs, I've taken everything. I've taken, you know, moms, I've taken uh, people who just decided they're going to quit their job and start this whole new career. Like when, when we work on ourselves, we do nothing more than build out the rest of our life because we really are like, we are the leader of our own life. And so if we want to live a life that is filled without regret that is filled. I mean, of course we always have regrets, right? But like where it is truly on passion and purpose, and we have a mission to guide us that much further, you have to continue to work on yourself and community is key. Like that's why I've loved LinkedIn, LinkedIn, because I've met people like you, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, this is amazing. It's so cool to be not only uplifted, but uplift. Because that's all that does is that continues the rise. And let's just state it. It makes the climb a lot more enjoyable. Oh, my I God. I mean, yes. so much more enjoyable. No, you don't want to do it alone. It's not going to do it alone. No, and I did it alone for so long. And that's why I'm so vocal about creating this movement for every to come together with people mm-hmm. to climb together because you can get to the top. You can get through your circumstance, your setbacks. If you're locking arms with people that are cheering you on and doing it with you rather than doing things alone. So that's why I love what you're doing. You're bringing people together. It's so meaningful, yet you have your quiet time and you do it, you know, yourself. Myself. (laughs) You know, being a retreat, being in these retreats must just fuel your fire even more, right? You know, um, there is a quote and it is in giving, we receive, right. And that is one that my mom, uh, we talked about this on my podcast. She passed away July 6th of this year. And that is the one quote that she also let, she, she taught me that, right. Um, there's another one, uh, that I have that's sitting right behind my computer. And I look at it every day on my desk and it is do small things with great love and mother Teresa. And I, and I believe uh, that when we are doing anything with great love, we are receiving great love in return. And so, and what, there's nothing more powerful. There's nothing more powerful to transform your life than to be seen, to be heard, to be understood. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that it's also teaching me when I run these, they teach me so much more about myself because I sit back and yes, I'm the guide. Yes, I'm the teacher. Yes, I'm the coach. I sit back and I do a lot of internal checking. I mean, there is so much internal checking when I am running these because you're literally taking people, you know, along the thousand foot cliffs and you're, you know, I mean, it's not, it sounds dangerous. It's not because I mean, I've, I've, I've been doing these long enough that I know how to do them. Right. Um, But it's really cool to be able to tap into my gift that much more too. Right? I love that you said internal checking. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do a lot love of it. I love checking. how you worded that though, because I'm always like, okay, we have to be aware of our feelings. Awareness is the key, but it is, it's doing a check-in internally. And if you're hustling all day and you're just trying to get through and you have trauma going on in your life and you're pushing it down and down and down, at some point, it's going to surface if you don't deal with it and do the internal checks so you can be cleansed of this. Yes. You don't want to carry this around. I didn't want to carry around the grief of 
losing my mom. I didn't want to carry around my breast cancer diagnosis, which I could have, Mm -hmm. but it's really, I had to make a choice and get myself to the next level. I want to stop feeling this way. Let me take a step forward. And I love, you know, that you said an internal check-in is what's needed. And sometimes we need to do these every single day. In oh, the morning, right. Several times a day. Oh, several. I, mean, I do it several times a day. Yes. You just mentioned something though, too, that when I'm, when I'm working with my own framework, it's to become that sort of like you're surviving when you're a victim. Yes. But to become that survivor and to become that survivor and really start to experience the gift of what you have lived through, you have to be able to also let go of that pain, right? Yeah. Or to transform the pain into something else. Yes. You're not, you're never, you're never disregarding it. You're never, you're never, you don't need to forget it. You know, that's the gift. Like the gift is in that transformation. Mm-hmm. And if we stay in our past, it, we have to look back and see our past. We have to look back and acknowledge our past and see how far we've come. Right. But if we stay there, you you're missing out on the greatest thing, which is the learning. And that's the gift. It is. That's that piece of, un, I call it unbecoming to become, that's the transformation. And mm-hmm. so when people ask me what happens on your retreats, that's what happens. Like literally you, I love it. Cause I love, I love pushing people, not pushing people, guiding people right to that space. Right. And sometimes they may feel like there's a little bit of a hand on the back. Okay. Come on, push. Right. Like I get that. I never, ever, ever push too far though. It's that's like, it's their journey. The beauty in it though, is actually witnessing what happens in that transformation. And I mean, listen, I, I've had moments on the trail with people where I'm like, oh, they're going to get divorced. Oh, they're going to have a baby. Oh, they're going to meet somebody in two weeks. And sure enough, every single time. And that's that, that's the beauty of what nature also hands you when you are allowing yourself to be the vessel I mean, it, it's, it's so beautiful it it's is. So beautiful. and I'm nothing more than the vessel, right? Like that's the thing is that I, I believe um, when I'm doing this work that it's, it's, I'm, it's just tapping in to something so much greater than myself, Yes. Um, but that's what I've experienced out there. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing this. I would not, I would not just say, oh yeah, just go start these. Like that's not responsible. <laughs> You have to be able to do, right. you have to be doing the work yourself in order to also guide in this work with others. I love, I love that. And it's so true and it's meaningful to you. So you're bringing it to the world. Right. So I want to hear about your book that mm. so Sarah has a book out, walk through this. Tell us a little bit about that and why you wrote it. So I lived in my, I had gone through a really tremendous trauma at the age of 17. Uh, and I was driving down the road. It's in the book. I was driving down the road and I literally heard in my head, I was working through a lot. I was facing a, working through a lot of barriers. A lot, I mean, I was doing things, even at that age, I did things differently. I wasn't uh, doing things the way that society would have expected. Let me put it to you that way. And I was in college at the time and uh, I was driving home and I was a young mom at 17. uh, And I remember hearing this voice, just keep going. This isn't for nothing. You will write a book someday. So I literally heard this, right? Like in my head, I could tell you exactly where I was on the road. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, so this isn't only about me and my pain. I'm, this is going to help other people someday. Because ultimately I don't, 
it's hard for me to see people in pain. Like it just, it just is. I don't know what to say. Like I don't, I, it's hard because I've been there. And so by really guiding people out of that, right. Or giving them the opportunity to giving them permission to, um, that's even at 17, that's how I was. And so then I became a teacher. And like I said, I had felt like, okay, I'm not doing enough. I don't understand why, why, and I remember always going back to that moment. Like, again, it's about the moments, about the awareness. And I kept, and I talked to Stephanie about this day at, at that day when I was sitting on that bed and I was like, I'm not doing enough. And she's, and I said, I want to write the book, but the book, I don't understand. Like I'm not, it's the book isn't coming to me yet. And then uh, when I went through my traumas at 40, I'm now 49. When I went through my major trauma at 40, I remember sitting there, Kelly, two things happened. When my husband told me that this was happening, I looked at him and said, I want a divorce, but I will forgive you someday. And forgiveness, I didn't even understand the depth of my ability or practice of forgiveness um, until I did a TED talk on literally forgiveness. Um, and then that's what my book was about. And then it was about a year or two later that I was um, sitting with, wow, this is why I couldn't write the book because my own story wasn't done. And so then I, you know, I went through the process. I was like, I want to write a book and I want to do it traditional. So of course, go back to don't do things the simple way, Sarah, let's like, you know, and so, um, you know, I'm from a small town of 1100 people in the middle of the country. Like I didn't have access to the network quote. Right. And so I wrote my, uh, my book proposal. I rewrote it twice. It sucked the first time, rewrote it a couple of times, sent first it out. Time. Oh my God. It was, it was so, so hard to write, sent it out, you know, got my agent, um, my agent put it out to the publishers, Harper Collins published it, a division of Harper Collins published it. And, uh, and it's called walk through this harness, the healing power of nature and travel the road to forgiveness. Mm. It always goes back. When you look back on your life, there's a thread. And so many of us don't want to, or we stop, like maybe we chop the thread off or we're like, yep, not going to go there. There's always a thread and you're always being handed, I believe breadcrumbs and you have to be able to pick up and say, okay, I'm hungry for this. Now I'm going to try this. I don't know why this is here, but okay, let's try it. And so my common thread happened to be <laughs> forgiveness. And now I have a tattoo of forgive in my mom's handwriting. Um, I know. And so I thank God, because, you know, when I asked her, I said, I want to get a tattoo in your handwriting and here's why. And so never did I think I get a tattoo. And now I have it literally on the outside of my left wrist so that when I'm walking around and people see it, I get questioned and I'm like, oh, it says forgive. And here's why you should forgive. Wow. You don't have to, but you know, here's what's worked for me. And it's not ever about forgetting. I don't forget anything, right? It's about, it's that, it's that transformation, pain to purpose, yes. learning, growing, doing differently next time and forgiving yourself. Like stop. That's the other thing. When you were asking about the victim space, self-forgiveness is key in the victim space. You Big have to that's to it. forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to sit there and say, look, I don't know how I got here. And, you know, nobody asks for that stuff. I didn't ask for any of it. I remember people saying that to me, what are you doing that you keep getting hurt? I'm like, what? Like, I'm not doing anything to keep getting hurt. I know that, but it was in, and it was in that space of, of every victim, every time that I was a victim of something different, it was about sitting there with myself and saying, okay, don't be, don't beat yourself up. And have some serious self-compassion and love yourself because that's that right there is the key.
That's where your transformation begins. That's where the growth starts taking place. That's where you can come out of what you're in. And that's the hardest thing for us to do. We can forgive other people, forgiving ourselves. Sometimes people hold on to it and that's why they don't move on. No, well, I keep interrupting you and I'm so sorry. Here's the thing that bugs me though. Here's the thing that bugs me. Here's the thing that bugs me. We have looked at self-forgiveness as selfish. And it's not, it's the, it's the most unselfish thing that you can do mm-hmm. to sit with yourself and say, I love me so much mm-hmm. that I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. Exactly. And to second that, to also go up from that one, when we are forgiving somebody else before ourselves, you're handing your pain away or not your pain. You're handing your power away. You're literally saying, I'm going to empower you before I am myself. And it starts with us. Every single thing starts with us. Empower yourself with your own self-love. Empower yourself with letting go of that pain. Empower yourself with your learning. And that's where it begins. Yes. That's what Addicted to the Climb is about. It's really about getting yourself back on the climb, pushing fear aside, because it's scary to do forgive yourself. You know, even that, there's fear that creeps in to every circumstance that we're in. And it's like, just empowering yourself, believing in yourself that you can take that next step. And it's so important or else you will stay stuck. You will be in the same place next year. 2024 is going to roll in. You're going to say, what did I do this year? It's all about, right? It's true. It is true. We don't want to stay in the same places. We want to be addicted to growth, addicted to progress, what can we do better? How can we get out of this situation? How can we be strong and more courageous? I mean, listen, Sarah and I, we weren't, we didn't, it took work for us to be the way we are. We no. put the work in. I mean, we're still a work in progress, but Always. people sometimes say it's easy for you, Kelly, or mm. it just comes easier. No, it hasn't. I have been through so many things. Nobody goes to bed in my head at night when I'm crying and right. fearful and worried and anxious but I choose to, I make choices to get myself out of it. I choose courage. I choose strength. All the things you said, I choose hope. I want to be resilient because what else is there to life? If you're not, what's the opposite? Defeat. We're not going to be right. Right. So everything you're doing, Sarah, is just so powerful. And I love it. I'm really like, Entry, like I said in the beginning, like everything you're doing, the work that you're putting out there, the lives you're impacting and transforming and changing, it's amazing. And I know someday I will be out on one of those. Oh. We're gonna be taking pictures on social. <laughs> oh, I, I am, I am, I am there. I am there. I would love nothing more. I would love nothing more. I mean, I that's what I tell everybody. It excites it, me, really. It what's that? It excites me in my mind. Good. Good. It's like, that's, it's, it is exciting. I mean, I never thought I would be climbing a mountain in the middle of the night by myself. And, you know, I had an opportunity, literally, it was kind of put at my lap and I thought, okay, well, what's my alternative? Go home and go to bed. Like I'm here. So why wouldn't I just do it and know that the path is the same and the darker, the light, by the way, I know the path because I've been there before in the light. And so nothing changes. It's just different creatures. And to be honest with you, there's more creatures in the day than there is at night. And so that darkness, it becomes so less fearful. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 um, you mentioned on something, you mentioned something about, I think that also people become afraid and ashamed to actually speak their truth, which is also a part of forgiving yourself, being able to look in the mirror. Yes. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, I, I understand that, that I felt a lot of shame myself. I've had questioning and that being able to sit with what is the opposite of that, right? And finding your joy. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful process. And then thriving in life. Right, right. Because that's the choice we have to make. Do we want to move forward? Or are we going to stay the same and keep looking back? That's not your story anymore. I know that we can't dismiss the story because it happens. However, it's not the story anymore. If you choose not to make it your story. So there's a big difference, but I just, I love, I love, I want to know. So before we close, I want to know what are you climbing towards next? And that's what, what I, that's my, that's my always closing. (sighs) So it can be a literally a mountain or what are you climbing towards in your business or in your personal life? Something interesting and fun share with us. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? (laughs) There are so many things. I really am addicted to the climb too of every part of my life. So speaking, keynote speaking is something that I never imagined truly stepping into. And now staying in that space, stepping into that space and speaking on resilience and teaching from stage is just like, I don't even, I have no words. I'm so excited about it. That's my, that's what I'm addicted to right now is delivering that message in a way, in a storyline that impacts in such a different way. Right. And I, and I'm always in that place of what else can I learn? What else can I do? How else can I grow? I mean, I'm turning 50 this year. And so it's been, my forties were hard and I, and I, and I worked a lot. And so this year it's bringing in more fun and excitement and joy into this work um, in a different kind of way. And just really releasing the grip and seeing what's possible. Cause it's not, ultimately it's not in my hands, right? I mean, it is, but it's not. And so when I can, when I can release the grip and just see the magic that happens along the way, it's pretty freaking powerful. Oh, yeah. It's always happening for us. It's yes. our, it's our responsibility to yes. actually. We and just have so, to do the work. Keep yeah. Moving. Show keep up. Going. Keep, keep, yes. Endorse. I'm excited about that. I yeah, have, uh, I got some things in, in the, in the works and, um, and I'm also working with other uh, people as well. Um, I'm doing this this retreat with Michelle Mace Kiran in down the Green River in uh, May, which is super exciting. And then Florence Williams, I'm doing a retreat with her again in the San Juan Mountains, which is really fun. She wrote Heartbreak and bestselling author of The Nature Fix. She was actually somebody that I looked up to, right? And now we're like working together. And um, and the connecting, I think that, that this is the year for me to connect yes. and to rise together. I think uh, I know that it's, like I said, it, we were talking about this earlier, just getting to know you, getting to know other people in this space, in this forum, me teaching others, them teaching me. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? The yes. sky's the limit. I love that. That's, this is, this is my year of connect. I'm going to use that word. This is the year of connect 2023. Love it. Thank it you. is. It's, it's great. That's, that's what we have to keep doing. Yeah. And so where can people find you if they want to Find out more info. Yeah. Uh, my website, sarahsheltoncrans.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, same Sarah Shelton Kranz on Instagram. Uh, it's my full name, Facebook, though, you know, I'm not on Facebook quite as much 
much anymore. Right. Sorry, right. but <clears throat> I had a few things happen over there. So uh, TikTok, I just started getting on TikTok, which is kind of funny. I mean, <laughs> whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but really, yeah, I just reach out. You'll find me in my DMs. I mean, I do all my own social media. You can email me, Sarah at SarahSchultonKranz.com. Um, and uh, I do have people that work with me as well. Thank goodness for my team. Um, so when I am in the mountains, you will hear back from them. But um, and uh, yeah, just reach out. Really, just reach out. It's if if you're feeling called at all, a spark. If a spark has been lit, then take it. Take that and start the fire and just reach out. I agree. Step out of your comfort zone, yes. people. It's the only way you're going to have these amazing experiences and transformations and breakthroughs at the same time. Exactly. Trust me, you have to step out. So Sarah, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, sharing everything. I mean, it was very empowering yeah. for us, for me, listening to what you're doing. And I'm just encouraging you guys to get in touch with her. If this is something that's out of, you know, your comfort zone, check her out. So thank you again. Thank, thank you, you all for tuning in. I hope you guys have an amazing and blessed week ahead. And until next week, keep on climbing. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for being here every week because my goal is to always empower and inspire you so you can keep on climbing even when life gets tough. If you felt blessed today, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And one of the ways you can help me is if you would leave me a five-star rating and a review. This is really how I can help more people just like you. You can do this right on your podcast app on your phone. It's super easy. It will only take one minute. Also, if you want to be part of my private community on Facebook, head over there to Faith fuel and fitness and I'll meet you inside or you can even head over to my website kellytian.com to get more inspiration and resources to keep you on your own climb. Thank you again and have a healthy and happy week.